0: hello
1: uh, hello hello oh, oh, oh. there's no echo in here
0: hello hello and welcome to chronically olympus the podcast in which we discussed the disgust i keep saying disgust Yep.
1: Yeah, we've done it we've done it in the past this is a window into the past which i guess for listeners is you know accurate like it is a window in the past because you're listening to this in the future from our perspective
0: yes but they're listening to it in the present from their perspective so it's just a window into now
1: Well this doesn't have to be a thing that we put on every single record now
0: hello and welcome to chronically olympus the podcast in which my co-host and i discuss the percy jackson and the olympian series chapter by chapter and today we are discussing chapter seven my dinner goes up in smoke i'm a friendly fire pit or something I, i don't know just here I'm a dryad, I'm a nymph, I'm I'm some mythical creature, also known as Kristen.
1: Somebody didn't pick a character for this chapter, did they? And
0: here is my co-host.
1: I'm a terrible flirt.
0: Oh, you're Also
1: known as a, as a naiad. Hello. Hi.
0: Also known as?
1: Chris. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I forgot my identity there for a hot second. You
0: really did look at me <sighs> genuinely confused. Um,
1: it's like, I'm a naiad. I've always been a naiad. What are you talking about? Oh, man. All right, hang on. Let me actually get to, uh, I just got used to all the chapters having the headings on the pages. <laughs>
0: How many times? If you complain about this every single episode, I'm going to start cutting it all out and put it all in the intro and that's just going to be the intro forever. It's just going to be clips of you going, I really wish that the chapter titles were at the top of all the pa- I really wish, <laughs> I'm just, that that Narnia was better because it had chapter titles.
1: Yeah. Totally. Solely, solely the reason it was better. Yep. Anyway. Hello. Hi. How are you?
0: I am well. How are you? Good. This is a, uh, in my opinion, this is probably going to be our shortest episode ever.
1: You think? We always said that about books in the uh, and chapters in the Narnia books and then the, we those ended up being like our longest episodes it looks or one like, again. whatever. Okay. <laughs> I just I, it might be like you agree with me that this is a uh I don't know.
0: Well, let's go ahead and do our summaries and see what we uh
1: have we found have, out. Have we bantered yet?
0: Uh seems that way to me. Uh, I, I just yelled at you about your complaint.
1: Oh, we went on a fun walk today. Enjoyed nature. We saw some rabbits.
0: Yeah, we saw a number of rabbits. We saw a flock of seventeen birds.
1: How many? How many birds? Constitute a a flock? How many are necessary for a flock? This is a conversation we had.
0: To quote your question, well, how many people does it take to make a family?
1: Uh huh. (laughs) Which is basically just a flock of humans,
0: isn't it? Just. But what is a flock (laughs) of rabbits called? So now that you listeners have uh, a deeper understanding of what a 20-minute walk with the two of us sounds like, let's go ahead and do our summaries, Chris. <laughs>
1: yeah, let's do that. Sounds good. Would you like to go? Mine's very short. I did not I did not have a lot of bullet points for this chapter.
0: Um, Why don't you go ahead and do yours first?
1: All right. So here's mine. The Only Camp on Earth. Annabeth is the Sinus Kid called it. Kind of spelled that out for us. Someone is totally going to summon a monster. Something was stolen. Was it lightning? Ooh. And Luke is a thief.
0: Ooh.
1: Ooh. Dryads! Exclamation point. That cliffhanger. The book cover makes more sense now. All right. That was all I got out of this chapter.
0: Here's, here is my summary. Okay. Confirmation of what we already knew, including all the kids have one godparent. Also, the gods are bad parents. Also, some half-bloods don't attract monsters. Something happened in Olympus making the strange weather around the winter solstice. Olympus is in New York. Quests, burning food as offerings to gods, and campfire songs—all your favorite camp activities.
1: <laughs> cool. So you agree with me that this chapter was uh...
0: just confirming everything that we already knew. That's yeah. what I, I was gonna leave it at that, but I decided to include like the quests and the campfire. But like, definitely, definitely, just a confirmation of everything that we already knew. Yeah, I want to give. The book credit for not spelling out what's going to happen in the chapter, but spelling out what's going to happen in the chapter in a way that doesn't give anything away.
1: The dinner thing?
0: Well, so far, with the chapter titles, uh-huh. where my mother teaches me bullfighting, yeah. and he fights the Minotaur, and his mother dies, yeah, um, as opposed to... The Knitting the socks of fate Or whatever Like that one kind of You know Gave that little element away Yeah But like this one My dinner goes up in smoke I 100% expected There to be a confrontation With Clarice And for her to have Some explosive fire powers That uh-huh. blow up his dinner In his face Like I expected this To be a bully confrontation Yeah That caused this dinner To go up in smoke And it's not But we'll get to that When we actually Start discussing Through the chapter But like I do appreciate that about this book that when you read the chapter title, it's not like a dead giveaway, Mm -hmm. but it definitely like is a dead giveaway once you know what happens. So thinking back on a book, if I mentioned to someone who's read before, like, Oh yeah, I become Supreme Lord of the bathroom is the chapter we're discussing. You know exactly what happened in that chapter. Yeah. You know, in this one, my dinner goes up in smoke. Oh, I know exactly what happened in that chapter. like, but going into it, I don't. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I do appreciate that.
1: Yeah, the air of mystery. Yeah, you appreciate that.
0: I don't know. I just really like it's it's well done. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's
1: all. Uh, so this feels very much like a transitional chapter uh, where we're kind of ending this multi chapter run that we've had on like heavy heavy exposition dump, and in this one we get a little bit of exposition, like not nearly as much like in your face, like we're gonna tell you all about the universe type stuff. We just I mean, get a few confirmations had- about.
0: We've had plot things happen. Yes. We had the whole uh, Kindly one. Yeah. And we had the him sword fight, and we had him fight and kill a Minotaur. No, no, like,
1: no. I'm just saying that, like, the past two chapters. six
0: chapters, we've had a couple of heated moments of conflict and,
1: and not, plot. No, I'm not saying uh, 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 that that's a transition from the rest of the book so far. I was saying, like, the past two chapters that we've done have just been yeah. exposition dumps. Where we're just like, we're going to explain the universe. And this seems like a transition out of that particular phase into something else. But
0: Uh, we do figure out, uh, in the expositional parts of this chapter, uh, who three or four more of the cabins belong to, god-wise. Yeah.
1: yeah. Kristen's keeping very careful track of the cabins. I do, I (laughs) do. It Very in the same way that
0: in the last um, book that we were doing our little bracket of the knockdown dragout fight in Narnia. Yeah. Like I have, I have a whole little page, chart. I have a chart page dedicated to figuring out which gods are which um, rooms or houses or whatever.
1: Delightful. We're almost there. yeah So we're finishing up our tour that uh, Annabeth has been taking Percy on,
0: and she's still dripping wet.
1: Yeah. Really, really upset about that. She no, gives, she
0: seems less upset about it now, but...
1: She gives him a whatever. Yeah. Like, whenever, whenever a woman says whatever to me.
0: Yeah? Tell me more <laughs> Tell me more about all the times women say whatever to you. Well,
1: whenever you give me a... Whenever I apologize for something and you give me a whatever, I know I done goofed. Uh-huh. So, I mean, yeah. That's a moment there. But she still feels a sense of obligation to f- finish the tour. She takes him, and, you know, we see the rock climbing wall and we finish out the tour of the camp uh we uh have a mention of a character called the oracle oh hey look it's the oracle
0: it's not a who it's a what yeah it's not a who it's a
1: what yeah it's not a character well it's a what yeah the 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 or the oracle in ancient greek myth was a person or a series of people
0: specifically say not a who it's a what
1: uh yes yeah so who knows what that is but Whatever reason, person needs to talk the oracle to sort his crap out and figure out who he is.
0: Yes, but on top of that, we Mm -hmm. find out that some of the gods don't like. Basically, we find out that the kids have to be claimed by their god parent in order to be able to their divine parent. Yes, in order to live in that in that house. Yeah, basically, and otherwise they stay in Hermes' house. Yeah, and that like that's something that's. Again, confirms for us what we already knew, that the gods are kind of bad parents. I mean, they're running around making kids, and then...
1: Yeah. I mean, how could they be good parents? They've been doing this for thousands of years. Yeah. Like, who knows how many offspring they all have. Yeah. Like, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. So.
0: True that. hmm But did we confirm in this that this is the only camp in the world? You said that in your summary, and I, I guess I skipped over that.
1: Uh Yeah. Uh, so... Percy, after having met the naiads, who are terrible flirts, which I wanted to take a quick aside and point out that just dis- uh, the naiads are described as being under the dock, wearing blue jeans. Like, I don't know if you've ever, like, intentionally or accidentally gone into a body of water-wearing jeans. It is amazingly uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, why they'd be down there wearing jeans completely beyond me, that just seems like a bad time. Yeah. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh... But, no, he's like, no, I want to go home, which wouldn't be my response after meeting, like, you know, flirty underwater girls at a summer camp when I was a teenager. Like, I wouldn't immediately be like, no, I'm done. But uh, that was me. This is Percy. Yeah. But what she says is, don't you get it, Percy? You are home. This is the only safe place on Earth for kids like us.
0: Yeah. Well, so, okay. Yeah, I guess I guess that could be read that way. Yeah. I guess I didn't read it that way. I guess I read it as, like, a place like this is the only safe place. Yeah. But we have, um, prior to this conversation about the Oracle, we have Percy uh, address the fact that he might actually be in control of his powers. Mm -hmm. That he has powers. And this is the first time that he's, like, realizing that or coming to grips with that. Because, like, right before that, when he says you know sorry about the toilets and she whatever's him yeah his response is it wasn't my fault yeah and then she gives him a skeptical look and he's like yeah well maybe it was yeah you know like that's a thing i don't know how i did it (laughs) uh anyway go ahead so we talk about the oracle we see the naiads and then um yes this is the only safe place for people like us and we confirm, finally, what, again, I said we already know, mm-hmm. that everybody here has, uh, is a demigod. Whoa. Everyone here is a half-god, has yeah. a godparent.
1: We totally didn't know that going in. Totally <laughs> didn't know that going in. But, no, we've used the word half-god, demigod, we've confirmed it. Um, we then uh, confirm that Athena, sorry, Annabeth, uh, is Athena's kid. Cool. Apparently got claimed by her, though, at some point, because she got sorted into a house.
0: Yes, but she's also been here longer than anyone else has.
1: Since she was seven, in fact. Since
0: she was seven, and she's been here for seven years, which is the longest that anyone's been here. Yeah. So she's 14. Yeah. But normally it seems like people come in around the age of 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Percy's... 11, 12, somewhere yeah. in there.
1: When they start to become dangerous.
0: Yes. When monster, when 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 it's, when the world starts to become dangerous because of monsters. Yeah. So, but yeah, we have her coming here at age of seven. Yeah. And being here now till the age where some people might have only been here or known about this for a year. Yeah. She's known about this place for seven years. Yeah.
1: So, she got dropped off real early. We but don't know we why yet. But we find
0: that out because she has this necklace thing that she... Mm-hmm shows Percy mm-hmm. and he says that uh Luke had had one yeah like it I don't remember
1: beads years you survived another summer etc etc yeah. yeah that's that's what it was
0: yeah I know what that's what it was I don't remember Luke being described as having this now I, like I don't remember him noticing that
1: oh yeah I it was it was it was a thing okay uh so yeah uh and it, there's a little bit more exposition about how, you know, some gods' kids are totally fine because, like, nobody really cares about them. Because, because they're like, not a, very powerful. Yeah, if you're a child of Aphrodite or Demeter, like, who gives a crap? Like, nobody's going to come after you. Um,
0: well, and it's not who's going to come after you because of the god. It's who's going to come after you because your godhood doesn't demonstrate itself in a way that's powerful enough to warrant and an intention
1: yeah uh so we
0: there's even some people out here in the world who don't even know that they're children of gods yeah and somehow annabeth knows this like she says if i I told you who they were you'd be surprised like as if there's some celebrities out here like who are well-known celebrities who are also like children half are like half gods but they themselves don't even know it and yet somehow annabeth knows it
1: yeah (laughs) like i mean i don't i don't hang on i need to read this again because i didn't i didn't read that exact subtext out of it so give me one second to actually read the uh well see the way it said is like this Uh, if you
0: manage to survive in the outside world and become famous believe me if i told you the names you'd know them some don't even realize they're demigods but very very few are like that yeah
1: so, like, apparently there's some famous people out there that are aware that they're demigods, and they've yeah. made their way out there.
0: Yeah. But they're they not powerful enough to get killed off, is what she's saying, too. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, I, I thought I read something about uh, a few, like, some of them, until they managed to find their way home or something like that, and I remember reading that line, but that wasn't a thing that I'm finding, and it would have been in this passage, so whatever. Moving on. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, we we, uh, established this uh, dichotomy, I guess, between people that, like, most people or demigods who don't find their way to this camp get killed. Yeah. A few can survive. A few are good enough to survive out there in the world.
0: Or weak enough to survive.
1: Yeah. uh, But most of them either die or end up here. And what does that say about how few adults that we've seen at the camp? Like...
0: Well, and that's the other question is, how long can they stay at the camp? Yeah. Because obviously Annabeth's been here longer than anyone. Yeah. And if you come here at age 10, are you dead by 17 or are you moved on by 17 to something else? Yeah. Where you've learned how to live in the world safely and you can protect yourself or you've moved on to... Olympus or something.
1: Yeah. I'm. am assuming that like the entire, like the, the, the goal of the camp is to get kids to move on and not just have like a little commune where they live forever. Well, so and like,
0: it <laughs> even says that it's a summer camp that there are there are many who are only here over the summer.
1: Yeah, and there are year rounders.
0: Yeah, and yeah. then there's year rounders.
1: So we're not really sure on how exactly this works logistically. Uh, it's also not spelled out like super clearly but it's very heavily implied like hey this is the reason why the first three cabins are empty because like the big three i guess their kids are powerful enough that like most of them just die and like don't make it here hence why there's nobody in those cabins we don't say that in the chapter but that's kind of yeah maybe the implication
0: yeah
1: um and that's why it's kind of a sore point for everybody there uh and then uh we talk about the barrier uh we mentioned how monsters uh can't get in unless somebody summons it from the inside which foreshadowing totally gonna happen yeah uh, but that's... it also says
0: <laughs> why would you do that and they're like well hunting them for sports stalking the woods also for pranks <laughs> yeah that's a thing yeah you know just deadly pranks
1: yeah it was no big deal uh, love
0: this camp it's great
1: so yeah annabeth has been here since she was seven uh Obviously, she doesn't want to explain why. None of Percy's business. Whatever. Uh, And then they can't usually leave unless they go on a quest. quest.
0: Yeah. Well, and they also, like, can get permission to leave the camp. Mm
1: -hmm. Just
0: to leave. Like, because Percy feels like he's trapped here. He can't go anywhere. Yeah. And she says, no, you can with permission from Chiron and and Mr. D. And you're not going to get it. Yeah. So, the, 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 that that is a roundabout way of getting to no. You're right. You can't leave. Yeah. Like, and then we get a, quests.
1: Yeah. Unless there's a good reason that they have to go outside, but apparently this is rare. And the last time they sent somebody on a quest, it you know went poorly.
0: Yeah, but I mean, they they talk about quests as in something that like you can just go do a quest. Uh-huh. Sounds like a good time. But they haven't let people go on quests for a while.
1: Yeah. Uh, and we do figure out kind of why in this chapter, because, like, last time this happened, uh, well...
0: Well, we'll get to it later when we talk to Luke.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they talk a little bit about the summer solstice, because that keeps being a thing, and apparently that's a big deal. Uh, Annabeth really wants to know what's going on with that, because...
0: Well, and Percy wants to know, because he keeps hearing about it, so he asks her about it, which is a wise thing to do, is when you just just ask.
1: Yeah, because uh, during the last solstice, they took a trip to Olympus, obviously, mm-hmm. Empire State Building.
0: It's uh, Yeah, how did you <laughs> get there? Well, it's obviously on the 600th floor of the Empire State Building. I thought you were from New York.
1: Yeah. And, hey, look, my book cover makes more sense now, because yeah? it's like the Empire State Building, but 600 floors high. Yeah yeah it's olympus hey there you go see that makes
0: your book cover is a picture of mount olympus mine is sort of got it in there somewhere
1: yeah that's a thing it's in the background uh yours is more cinematic and cool than mine though yeah i'll give it that uh you are a new yorker right yeah (laughs) obviously you should know this crap uh we do mention And I thought this line was worth... She also uh, gives
0: him, like, direct instructions on how to get to Olympus, which I feel like is going to be important later because he's just going to roll up to Olympus at some point.
1: Yeah. Probably. Uh, But I do want to throw out this line uh, where she says Athena can get along with just about anybody except for Ares, and, of course, she's got the rivalry with Poseidon.
0: Which, again, is more and more foreshadowing.
1: Yeah. So... She's an Athena kid. We know he's probably Poseidon's kid. And we've already
0: met an, an Ares kid.
1: Yeah. So there's going to be uh, there's going to be some conflict there at some point.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I mean, there's already been conflict on one side of that, two sides of that. The Aries annabeth conflict, and the Aries Athena conflict, and the uh, Poseidon Aries conflict. At least.
1: Yeah. Uh, cool. So then we're catching up getting ready for dinner yeah so he starts to smell smoke coming off from the distance
0: some barbecue so yeah he's hungry she's got to do something what does she got to do before dinner um training she's got to go train she just says
1: training right uh no yeah he says he left her on the pier he wandered off and she yeah was- but
0: before that she was gonna leave him so that she could go training And then he brought up something that made her sad.
1: I don't know. They were talking and she was just like, I've got to get a quest and started musing to herself about it. And he left her on the pier as she was like muttering about needing to get a quest to get out of camp.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, But before that, she talked about going to Olympus. She said everything seems so normal. We just went during the winter solstice for a field trip. Mm -hmm. And so we have the winter solstice mentioned here where there is apparently some event the annual council that yeah. happens during the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about whether or not there's another council of some kind or mm-hmm. event that happens on the summer solstice. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah, so she talks about how the weather changed after that, that something happened, that maybe something got stolen, which you alluded to earlier. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, she, she wants her quest. She's not too young. If they would just tell me the problem. So she wants this quest specifically. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, he starts melon, he leaves the pier and uh, heads back to Cabin Eleven.
1: So the title of the book is called The Lightning Thief.
0: Yes. And she specifically mentions something being stolen.
1: Mm. Um So can we assume That's that maybe lightning? maybe somebody somehow stole Zeus's lightning? I don't know how that would work. Mm-hmm. Um it is Thunderbolts or something like that. Um, before, when I, whenever I have read or heard the title of this book, mm-hmm. knowing what little about the series I do, and again, to reiterate, to readers, yeah, audio readers, yep. listeners, as they call them in some parts of the world, yeah, uh, I really, really don't know what happens in the vast majority of the series. I have like zero spoilers for this series. I'm being honest about that mm-hmm. in case anybody out there is listening and is just like, oh, no, he knows what's going to happen because he's burned us before. Yeah. <clears throat> uh.
0: But... <laughs> Uh-huh.
1: In case that was a thing. No, I really literally know nothing about what's going to happen. Yes. But whenever I've heard the name of this book, for whatever reason, I've always assumed that Percy Jackson was the lightning thief. Yeah. And that was a plot point that he's going to steal Zeus's thunder in a very literal kind of way.
0: I've, I had thought that for a while, but I also always heard the title as Percy Jackson and the lightning thief. Uh-huh. Which then made it seem like it was two separate things. Yeah. But then when I picked up the book to actually start reading it, I saw that it is just the lightning thief. Yeah. Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Yeah. And so that kind of made me then think, oh, maybe he is the one who stole the lightning. And that it is about Percy Jackson as the thief.
1: Yeah. And I'm leaning further and further away from that idea. Yeah. As time on it. Uh, I mean... We are 98% sure that he's Poseidon's kid. So, like, it's not like he's an actual Hermes kid and he's a trickster, whatever, like, thief, yeah. uh, underling. Uh,
0: so what you're saying is Luke stole the thunder. Like,
1: I'm saying it's suspicious writing. Yeah. When we, when we go immediately from, uh, oh, hey, something I went wrong in quest. Olympus. I want this quest. Somebody stole something from Olympus. Exit scene Annabeth, enter scene Luke.
0: And Luke is...
1: And Luke introduces himself by being like, hey, I stole you some things. I
0: stole you some things. <laughs> I went on a quest. I'm the reason... I failed my last quest. I'm the reason we can't have quests anymore. Annabeth's upset with me. Yeah. Because I failed the quest. And yeah. prevent her from now being able to get her quest.
1: Yeah. So, I'm just saying... It's... If, if it's not very obvious foreshadowing it's very good misdirection yeah like it's it's brilliant misdirection if it's not yeah for sure actually yeah
0: for sure for sure
1: so at this point i'm saying yeah luke's totally gonna be the baddie here
0: yeah
1: uh and also would fit in like all the hollywood tropes of like yeah the bad guy is the one that the you know
0: that the pretty girl has a crush on that yeah is is not in fact you know the main character yeah and that the main character is kind of jealous of the affections of.
1: Yeah. So it, it all makes sense.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah. So Luke shows up. <laughs> uh, he's got the Hermit family of Ref- Re- Fe- Fe- him Oh he- yeah. Beh- we do
0: have this kind of classification where he walks in and realizes, yeah, there's a bunch of these people who look like trouble kids. Yeah. They look like the kind of kids that get in trouble in class that teachers don't want to have. They are the Hermes kids These are the ones who are obviously here Because they belong here And oh look, Luke definitely is one of them
1: Yeah For sure, and he's got a mysterious scar down his face Who, you know, we don't know where that came from Yep Maybe we'll find out Maybe we won't Maybe Um Percy asks him if he ever met his dad Mm -hmm. And he was like, once Doesn't elaborate Cool all or right. she
0: thinks that might be where the scar is from.
1: Yeah. Entirely possible. I'm positive we'll get more exposition on that later.
0: Yeah. And figure
1: out more about Luke's deal uh, when he's revealed to be the main villain of this book, if not the entire series. But, you know, we'll get there. Well, well You're, you're <laughs> passing ju- a wide <laughs> I'm, on this. I'm just jumping on this train. And all of you out there who have read the entire series are probably laughing at me right now yeah. for how very wrong I am. Yeah,
0: Luke ends up being his best friend. <laughs>
1: yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> Forget Grover. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, but he does bond with Luke here, uh, and it's just like, hey, somebody's actually trying to look out for me, like, he got me some stuff, cool.
0: It's the nicest thing anyone's done for him.
1: Yeah, again, we, we fund the camp by, I mean, let's, let's reiterate something about the camp funds here. We fund the camp by making the kids do, like, menial, uh, farm labor. Yep. To sell strawberries to, like, the greater New York area. But also, that doesn't get us enough money to actually, like, buy the kids supplies and things they need, and, like, a camp counselor has to acquire them for the new guy. Yeah, because the new like, guy
0: has to buy them for himself at the camp store.
1: Yeah. So, this is all, this, this seems a little scammy to me so far, really. Like,
0: yeah.
1: maybe maybe that's, like, the brilliant part of this book, and why everybody loves him, is that, like, we slowly uncover that this whole freaking thing is a scam. <laughs> And it, like this entire thing is designed to make these kids think, oh yeah, you're the child of a god. You have to stay here and keep giving us labor and money. You're not safe anywhere else. If- no, no, no. There's a magical barrier that presents anybody from the outside like authorities from coming in. They yep. can't do it.
0: Isn't that what the church does?
1: <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Okay. Listen. <laughs>
0: getting spicy over here. Uh, getting
1: a little spicy. I don't know if we're going down that rabbit hole in this chapter. Yeah, probably not. Maybe... Maybe later in the book. But yeah, it does sound a little suspicious, is yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, oh, for sure. Cool. Um, so anyway, uh, Luke also just casually has a switchblade that he carries around. Yeah. Yeah, not trouble at all. Uh, which, I mean, I guess not in the camp where everybody, like, has swords and, like, yeah, battle weaponry. And we, weaponry did, that and they we <laughs> did
0: walk by people at the forge making their own swords. Yeah. In his tour, so.
1: yeah. Uh, we talk about the prophecy. Apparently Annabeth at some point went to see the Oracle. Oh, hey, look, there's a prophecy involved.
0: Luke hates prophecies. So. Yeah. Which makes us like him more.
1: They're they're coarse and irritating and they get everywhere. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have to throw in at least one Star Wars reference every chapter. It's part of the contract. But apparently she has to wait to go on a quest until someone special comes to camp. And every time somebody new comes to camp, she gets all excited, apparently. That and they just might like, be that person. Might be the special one. Well, that has to do for.
0: with her oracle prophecy.
1: Uh-huh. And her quest. makes me think she was just kind of like baiting Percy on the pier, being like, oh man, I need to get on a quest. I wonder if you have anything to say about that. Maybe. <laughs> like looking very expectantly at him for that. She just wants to get out of this freaking camp. Um, But then it's dinner time. Cool. Horn blows in the distance. They get all the cabins together. They start marching off. Apparently it's dinner.
0: Dinner time. We're going to
1: figure out how that works at this camp. Yep. So they file into the commons yard, et cetera, et cetera. There's logistical stuff about uh, them gathering and like, oh, hey, naiads come out of the lake and dryads come out of the woods. I put down dryads. Hooray. We have those in another book that we read.
0: Yep. But they walk in basically... uh,
1: Cabin groups.
0: They walk in cabin groups, but their cabins are grouped in a hierarchy of the amount of time people have been there. Yes. So Luke leads and Percy follows because he just got there. Yeah, he's, he's a new. Guy. He's the new guy. He's the last one
1: back in the line. Tell us more about the cabins.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So we <laughs> have a few more cabins introduced mainly through Annabeth's conversation. Um, so we confirmed. We already knew Hermes, Ares, Zeus, Hera, and Poseidon. Uh, we confirm Athena is cabin six. We confirm Artemis is cabin eight. Hephaestus is cabin nine, and Dionysus is cabin twelve at dinner because he's sitting. Dionysus is sitting at the cabin at the twelve table, um, and we have four cabins that have nobody come out of them, mm-hmm. which is Zeus, Hera, Poseidon, and. Artemis, the nighttime one. Mm-hmm. But the Artemis uh, cabin was dark during the day and is now glowing bright at night, which, like mm-hmm. a moon.
1: Uh, and you took this to mean that the Artemis cabin is also empty.
0: It very specifically says that no one came out of it. And it's mealtime.
1: And I read that as hey, maybe they're actually vampires and they don't come out during the day.
0: It's <laughs> an evening meal. Yeah and the sun has gone down enough for the building to glow, they would come out and join for the meal. It's a camp. They come to the campfire.
1: Okay, whatever. feel like there's inconsistencies within the text about which cabins are empty and not. So, I don't know.
0: Except that it said many of them were unoccupied, and now it's narrowed it down to only four, which is already in con- like it's already fewer than I pictured, and you're trying to convince me with zero knowledge of this book that one of them must be con- completely full of nocturnal people. <laughs> okay,
1: when you put it that way, it sounds a little crazy. <laughs> you're
0: like, it went from several of them have nobody living in them. There's four that have nobody. No, one of those probably has night people in
1: it yeah <laughs> cool anyway so we sit down there's a whole spread they got this massive feast laid out uh that we don't describe as in-depth as lewis would have but you know there's oh, some stuff there yeah uh his glass is empty and and luke explains it's magic you can fill it with whatever you want as long as it's non alcoholic Just speak wink, wink. To
0: it what you want uh
1: and he says uh cherry coke quickly corrects to blue cherry coke
0: he thought of something he- uh-huh he thought of a way and he and he toasted to his mother
1: and he did which is sweet
0: but before that dionysus had stood up and toasted to the gods yes which is very self-indulgent of yeah, him.
1: yeah I, 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 to stand
0: up and toast to myself
1: i mean very in character for dionysus though yeah true would be a
0: <laughs> fair
1: would be spot on um uh, And I read that, and it's like, Blue Cherry Coke. And I was like, that's fun, and that's how whimsical that is. And then I was like, Like this book was- Blue
0: Pepsi was a thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, this book was released in 2005, just a few scant years after Blue Pepsi was a thing. Yeah. Like, that was absolutely a thing that existed in the world in this time frame. Yep. You could still go to the store and buy Blue Pepsi, I'm pretty sure, in 2005. Uh,
0: I don't know about 2005. (sighs) It was introduced in 2002- and discontinued in May of 2004.
1: Oh. So you can go to some dusty gas stations and still find Pepsi Blue in 2005 for sure. <laughs> that was a thing. Maybe. Gosh, it was only two years. Yeah. I remember that being such a part of my childhood. Yeah. It was only two years it existed.
0: How many times did you ever actually drink Pepsi Blue?
1: Definitely more than once.
0: I, I only had it once that I, I was, can remember.
1: I was very much a Mountain Dew kid, but I, I grew up in the South, so that makes sense. Uh, anyway, uh, so then Luke hands him a big plate of brisket, uh, and all the people who grew up reading this in California were just like, what's that? Don't do
0: that. <laughs> Don't do that. Just because you overheard somebody not know what it was at a barbecue restaurant recently <laughs> does not mean that everyone here doesn't know what it
1: is. <laughs> So, uh, cool. Then he notices everybody's taking some of their food and throwing it into the fire. And uh, Luke explains, yeah, the first, first, first fruits of what you get. Like, the coolest stuff that's on your plate, you sacrifice it to the gods, is an honorable thing. Because, like, they like the smoke. Cool.
0: And Percy's like, huh, what? And Luke's like, no, seriously.
1: And he takes a big whiff of the smoke, and apparently it smells like everything you could possibly love in the world uh, in one scent. Just an overwhelming sensory experience. Yeah, so which, he gets I mean,
0: it. he does get it pretty yeah. quickly.
1: Yeah. Cool. So that's a thing. Um, to do, then we foreshadow capture the flag, which is going to be in the next chapter, Which because the next chapter is called We Capture a Flag. Seems pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah. Well, we, we specifically mentioned Dionysus being like, I don't care about this sport thing, but congrats to the Aries team.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, his name is not Peter Johnson.
0: <laughs> yeah. He goes, and we have a new person, Peter Johnson, Percy Jackson.
1: Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then they went down to a sing-along at the amphitheater. Hooray, campfire. Uh, and that was...
0: And then he slept really well. His first day. And he slept great. Yep. We don't have another dream sequence.
1: We don't. But then. But then. Last line of the chapter is, I wish I'd known how briefly I would get to enjoy my new home. That foreshadowing. Yeah. So something's going to happen where he's going to either get pulled out or has to leave or et cetera, et cetera.
0: Or go on a quest.
1: Or go on a quest. Who knows? Maybe. He gets dragged along by Annabeth.
0: We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. Totally. I totally call she's going to kidnap him. Think so? Yeah, I don't know. You
0: well, I think that there's gonna be a uh, a prank that involves a monster summoning. I agree with you. I didn't pick that up as yeah. a foreshadowing until you said it, and as soon as you said it, I was like, "Oh, how did I how did I miss that?" Yeah. How did I read right over that?
1: Yeah. Cool. So, anything we neglected to mention? Like, I, again, not a lot happens in this chapter. Really, it's just.
0: Um it's burnt offerings, blue cherry coke. No, I mean the only thing I wanted like that's that's my entire page and every word on it has been said already. Cool. Um my notes are my notes are quite short. So I don't know, like yeah.
1: Cool. What do we do next?
0: Do we do our rewrites right away?
1: Uh well you We usually do a favorite sentence
0: Oh yeah yeah Favorite sentence Which I'm
1: looking for one right now Because I neglected to find one For this chapter And nothing nice. stood out to me right, right away
0: Yeah Favorite sentences That's mm-hmm. what we do next
1: Yeah Alright uh, You ready? Yeah Cool
0: um, So mine again I We shouldn't call it Favorite sentences We should call it Favorite passages Because I keep doing passages
1: Breaking the rules No Of your own podcast
0: I made this (laughs) segment, and I modified this segment.
1: Okay.
0: Here's mine. He seemed to understand how lost I felt, and I was grateful for that, because an older guy like him, even if he was a counselor, should have steered clear of an uncool middle schooler like me. But Luke had welcomed me into the cabin. He'd even stolen me some toiletries, which was the nicest thing anybody had done for me all day. There you go. I also had some favorites about the the fire, about the about the dinner and the smoke smell, but um, I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the tone of that one because it just kind of showed Percy vulnerable. Yeah,
1: I was, I liked that passage as well. Yeah, I was reading that one, uh, but the one I came up with uh, that was my favorite sentence. Occasionally. Even though they might not necessarily mean anything or be particularly impactful, there are certain, like, phrases or lines or, like, words that people think really resonate with them. Like the word cellar door, who somebody famously said is the most beautiful combination of words in English. I forget who that was. Okay. Somebody was like, cellar door. Go ahead
0: and read your thing,
1: please. Uh, (laughs) I do. And for me, that was this sentence. The soda turned a violent shade of cobalt. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a fun sentence out of context. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) I like it, too. I just, like, I like the idea of a violent shade of cobalt. Yeah. I was just, like, that's evocative.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Cool.
0: All right, what do we do next, Kristen? It is very evocative. Um, Next, we do our rewrites. Yes. So you did your summary first. I did my favorite sentence first. You can do your rewrite first, if you'd like.
1: Cool. Uh, mine, I decided to go a bit of a different direction with, right. um, and I did not do it from the perspective of one character or thing within the chapter. Uh, I did it within the, from the perspective of two. So mine is just a short little bit of dialogue between two naiads that are sitting under the dock. Okay. Uh, so this is this is my take on this <laughs> chapter from the naiads' perspective.
0: Blue jeans. They're wearing blue jeans.
1: All right, so I'm—I I didn't give these characters names because I felt like that was adding too much into the text. Um, so I—they're just alternating lines. So if I can do voices, I will. But they're two characters talking. Sure, it's wet down here today. Um, as opposed to, you know what I mean? It's summer. The lake doesn't have that nice crisp thing it's got going on in the fall. Here we go about fall again. I can't wait. It's the only good thing about being stuck in this dumb little pond. You mean besides the jellyfish. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But those pretty leaves skimming across the surface, the ducklings hatching, pumpkin spice algae, not a thing. Also Also who's the new guy in the dock? Ooh, I don't I don't know, but he's kind of cute. He's like 12. You're like 12. Is it time for dinner yet?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it.
1: So that's my Naiad conversation. There you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, here's mine. I am an instrument of worship and sacrifice. The brazier of the gods. And I sit silent until, until meals where all the children of the gods surround me, giving of their gifted food to my fires for me to present those offerings to the gods. Some believe I'm a mere tool and no more, but I am an instrument. I transform what is given to me from mere food to a fragrance fit for gods, literally. I live to make these offerings. I love to watch the faces of newcomers who smell the offerings they give with their god noses for the first time. Like the new one today, Peter, Percy, Jackman, Jackson. Welcome to the smell of Olympus, boy. Welcome.
1: I feel like he used the word gods three too many times, but other than that, (laughs) I like it. Yeah, there you go. Didn't think you'd actually go with a campfire because I thought it's not just the campfire;
0: it it's the brazier yeah, of all. Yeah, it's no, no, there are two separate fires in this chapter. I'm not the campfire. We're not singing songs <laughs> around this guy. <laughs> we're not. No, this no, no. Is, This is an instrument.
1: <laughs> cool.
0: An artiste.
1: You're an artiste. Cool. Set the podcast. Are yep. you done. I think so. All right. I do believe it. What are we reading next week?
0: Next week, we are reading Chapter 8, which is called We Capture a Flag. Huh. And if you'd like to join us then, next week or the week after, whatever, we do this bi-weekly thing. Um, and that, of course, meaning every other week and not twice a week. Yes. Because that is one of those linguistic inconsistencies that I love so much about English. Um, that said... If something's inflammable, it's also flammable. (laughs) If you want to join us.
1: This is what happens when we do late
0: records. (laughs) If you want to interact with us in the meantime, you can do that at Chronically Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Chronically Pod on Twitter. And you can email us your fan art of the dryads in the lake in their blue jeans at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com/slash chronically if you're cool like that. And until next time, just can't wait for pumpkin spice algae. <laughs> Sorry, you really tickled me.
1: You really
0: tickled me with that one. So until next time, um, don't summon monsters as a prank. Yeah.
1: Don't wear your jeans in the lake.
0: Don't wear your jeans in the lake. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
1: Percy on this whole oh,
0: Sorry, I'm yawning.
1: Uh-huh. I just got used to all the chapters having the headings on the pages.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many times? <laughs> Next week we we're arriving. We 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 <sighs> the, <sighs> the Narnia was better because it had chapter titles.
1: Yeah. Totally, solely. solely, solely the reason it was better. Again, you did it twice. Because in you're one gonna cut right. out this whole section where we're looking for sentences. You're not gonna leave this in. Isn't
0: that, that, that cool. banter when I yell at you about your complaints?
1: Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm a Naiad. I've always been a Naiad. what are you talking about? Uh, he's got the Hermit family of Zen. Oh yeah. Again, to reiterate to readers, yeah, audio readers, yep. listeners, as they call them in some parts of the world.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm absolutely positive we'll get more exposition on that. God, I can't talk tonight.